Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. What a tear-jerking joy we have for you today for Song of the Soul. Carrie Elkin joins us from Nashville, Tennessee, bringing songs that seek to make the world better from the vulnerable places in each of our hearts. With a life, study, and career path, including saxophone, Lutheran church music, pre-med studies physiology, and environmental work using organic chemistry, it was a long road that led Carrie to her true home and profession as a singer-songwriter folk musician. On her own, or with her husband and partner, Danny Schmidt, Carrie's music enchants and enthralls. We have a few bonus excerpts that didn't fit in this broadcast that you don't want to miss. Hear them at northernspiritradio.org. And thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance today. Now, on to Nashville, Tennessee, for a deep dive with Carrie Elkin. Carrie, what a delight to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. And I think you're somewhere in Nashville, right? Now, this how long have you been in this place in Nashville? Yes, yeah, so we moved here about a year ago from Austin, where I have been for 13 years, 14 years prior. And yeah, we live in East Nashville in a cute little neighborhood around a lot of friends and community. And your daughter, Maisie, is at school. I think now Maisie must be just starting school, right? Is this kindergarten or first grade? What is it? She is in Montessori school. So she's in a class with three to six-year-olds and she turns five next week. So she kind of just missed that kindergarten cutoff. So we decided to not have to make a decision about it. <laughs> she's going to Montessori school. Yesterday, we picked her up after her first day and we said, what was your favorite part? And she said, polishing glass. <laughs> so oh, great. Did she get that from you or from Danny? Polishing glass. <laughs> It's so definitely for me. She <laughs> she was very excited about polishing glass. Well, the reason people are here for Song of the Soul is to hear your music. And I'm not sure everybody yet knows who Carrie Elkin is, but they should. And so what song is going to introduce them to you if they're new to Carrie Elkin? I think I would start with the song New Mexico. How long were you there? I lived there for three years and it was way before it was during the time when I dropped out of college. So I was in my early to mid twenties when I was there, but I wrote the song much, much later in life. New Mexico is where my heart lies. <laughs> Taos is my favorite place on earth. I don't know exactly what it is, what the pool is to me, why there's such like a gravitational force, but I, I feel drawn there and not even necessarily to live, but just to spend a lot of time, which we have chosen to do as a family. We go there every winter, spend the holidays there. And then I usually go back and spend about a month. 
on the Pueblo. That's the phrase that comes around repeatedly in the song. Yeah. And I don't stay on the Pueblo, but I have spent time there. But mostly Mm -hmm. that song is about meditation and how when we meditate, our senses are heightened. It came about in a time I had lost my father. I spent the last 30 days of his life with him. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so I went and was with him and cared for him during that time. And um, it was a really powerful time for me. And I'm so thankful that I had that time. And it changed me in many ways. But right after he died, I went off on tour and I didn't take the time to sit with what it was like to not have my dad in my life anymore, who was a very important figure for me. So I decided after touring for about six months that I really needed to go grieve my dad. And the place to do that was Taos for me. So I stayed in this little cabin for a month and I went to write the music for the album, The Penny Collector, which New Mexico is on. So I was just going to grieve my dad. But then on the drive to Taos, I got a call from my doctor saying that I was pregnant with Maisie. I felt like I was sort of in this conundrum of like, oh my gosh, I have this extreme grief and now this extreme joy. And what do those things look like when they collide and intersect? What is that like? Right. As soon as I got to Taos, New Mexico was the first song that I wrote. I was sitting and thinking about just life and death and how perfectly those two things fit together and how I was so thankful to have been there during the process of dying and then also gone through this long process of fertility stuff so that we could have a child. And it felt like those two things happened basically at the same time. Gift of Life coming to us from Carrie Elkin through her song, New Mexico. This is where I first came alive. 
song is New Mexico. It's by my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Carrie Elkin. Her website is carrieelkin.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. Also on our site, you'll find links to all the stations where we're broadcast, which includes KCEI, which is right there, includes Taos area where Carrie Yay. lived for a while. Yes. <laughs> so I send my greetings out to all our listeners out there for Song of the Soul. Again, that ethereal, mystical music, I guess it pretty naturally fits that spot between the loss of your father and this growing life within you. Yeah. The beauty and the wonder of that. It actually made me think of the Blood, Sweat, and Tears song. And when I die and when I'm gone, there'll be one child born in this world to carry on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me want to listen to that song. Yeah. It's a wonderful song. Yeah, they they did some amazing stuff. And that's from Carrie's recording from, released in 2017, Penny Collector. Remember to look that up on com. So New Mexico's got a special spiritual place for you. It's one of your pilgrimage sites, maybe. I don't know. Is that a good phrase for it? I don't know. That's a perfect description of it. Yes. Yeah. And one of my best friends still lives there. And so I'm fortunate enough to have a personal connection with the place also, like a an actual human connection. As opposed to a tourist site where you just pass through, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Well, oh, the light, the desert light. I've not really spent much time in desert. I I was a Peace Corps volunteer in West Africa. And while I traveled afterwards, I got within about 60 kilometers of Timbuktu, which is right on the edge of the Sahara Desert. But I've not really spent time. I guess maybe I guess in Morocco, I've spent time in the desert. Deserts frighten me to some degree. I don't know, maybe it's because of snakes that live there, but <laughs> I'm not sure. There's something about them that's a little bit scary for me. I don't know, make, growing up in Wisconsin as I did. <laughs> right. That's interesting. I could see that. You can think of it in like this way of being so dry and running out of water and <laughs> being like trapped in the desert. I can understand that. I don't feel that because I have spent so much time there. Also, Taos is sort of semi-desert, you know, it's like, it's not quite like, a, <laughs> like some of the more extreme situations. <laughs> well, except with the changing, the Colorado River being depleted and everything like that, uh, climate change and our human building. I'm afraid that so many wonderful places will be beleaguered by that. Yeah, that is true. It's becoming more and more desert-like as <laughs> as time goes on. Yeah, especially in places like that too. There's certain places that climate change is showing up faster than than other places. Most of your music I don't think of as being activist, you know, but certainly within the folk music genre, there's a whole lot of activism, world change, you know, world healing type stuff. I hear that that calls to your heart in some very personal way. It does. I would say that I got more into activism in college. 
when I was really starting to understand politics and because I didn't have much to do with any of that in high school. I wasn't woke like so many of the younger kids nowadays that are just like so amazing. And it makes me so excited to have a kid as difficult as things are right now to be able to to teach her that and the importance of it at a young age. But yeah, I don't write about it very much in my songs. I write a lot about sort of relationship and not just mine, but our relationship with relationships (laughs) and a lot of interconnectedness. And a lot of it just comes from meditation and physiology, like really dropping down into the body and understanding what comes from that place. And by the way, my wife is a yoga and meditation teacher, has been doing this for 20, 30 years, whatever. So I'm definitely connected to it each day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you are. Do you practice with her? (laughs) Not really, but there's there's reason. She also doesn't play basketball with me, but it's weird. (laughs) No, it actually, I've tried it various times. And since I am Quaker, I guess you'd say meditation comes kind of naturally. I mean, it is our worship form, right? Right. right. And so I'm never far from it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Let's go on to some more of your music. People do want to hear a lot more of the beautiful voice and soul that you bring to your music, Carrie. Which we go next? I was thinking of going to Always on the Run. It just seems like a good one to do after New Mexico, even though the Ruamori Indian tribe, which I speak of in Always on the Run, is not part of New Mexico, I don't believe, but it's still talking about native culture in a it, like relating it to our busy culture as well. The song talks about the Roramore Indians, which are a running tribe and they run, that's what they do. But part of it is to get food. It's always for survival to hunt, but then it's also because they're running from development and the white man. And so I was thinking about them just like never being able to settle into life and what that must feel like. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like we actually have the ability to settle into life and be more connected people. And so many of us don't do that. We choose not to do that. We're distracted by everything else, you know? And so again, that whole idea of dropping into the body and and connecting on an emotional level with our friends and loved ones and and everybody around us and just being, you know, all the... (laughs) It's being distracted by screens and the busyness of life and how we talk about being busy and what is being busy? Like what, you know, I feel like we define that for ourselves, but the way that we define it makes like overwhelms us and really turns us away from our heart center. I struggle with it all the time, you know, trying to come back and reconnect with my family and my friends in a way that feels real. And so that's where that song came from, just the idea of always being on the run. And this, the story in the song is about a husband and wife that are just completely missing each other, just leading these weird parallel lives that don't intersect anymore. And the idea that the other one doesn't think that the other one is feeling like that. 
when you run that far apart, you lose any perspective of the other side. Yeah. And honestly, that is, well, we can get into a song called Crying Out, which is another one that I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, it's a, it's a little bit along those same lines, but we'll stick with uh, <laughs> Always on the Run for now. <laughs> okay. Again, also from Penny Collector, released in 2017, here is Always on the Run by Carrie Elkin. the moon to the sun for we both rise and fall it's a breath each day and it's his for the taking so here's a red ribbon lest he forgets about the
when the sun starts to rise and they meet in the middle for that breath in the sky and he opens his eyes so the work is never done and he calls for his wife but she's always on the Carrie Elkin is with us here today for Song of the Soul. That song, Always on the Run, is from Penny Collector. And you heard reference folks there to the Roar Murray Indians, well-known for their long-distance running ability. Actually, I understand they're located down in Chihuahua, Mexico. That's where they hail from. But I know, I guess you're a lot closer there when you're in New Mexico. You're a lot connected. I was also like... That song started with me. My dad was a runner and I am a long distance runner was for years. And it started as a song just about my my dad being a runner, which is kind of funny. And so I was researching running tribes and that's how I came to know the Roar Mori Indians was just from that basic bit of research. And then I became fascinated. I want to point out too, that there's that very intense male vocal on that song. And the singer's name is Ryan Caldwell, and he is one of my favorite songwriters. And so I would love to let you know about him and your listeners know about him because he's extraordinary and talk about someone that is intense and heart connected. I had heard his albums for a while and they were some of my favorites. When I wrote this song, I was like, oh, he's the one that that needs to be on this. So... Well, you know what you can do, Carrie, is connect him up with me, send an email to him and me, introduce us, and maybe in just a month down the road, people will be tuning in to Song of the Soul and they'll find Ryan Caldwell. <laughs> and so just let me know and we'll find out about this. Will and do. <laughs> in the meantime, I do want to remind folks, on the web, you find us at northernspiritradio.org, all 16 years of our programs, including back in 2011, when I interviewed Carrie's husband, Danny Schmidt. It's been 10 years now since I talked to him, and he's got such a beautiful, distinctive voice. His lyrics are so amazing. Uh, he isn't he crazy wonderful and you can hear both carrie elkin and danny schmidt together back in 2014 they released for keeps 
About half the songs, Carrie does the lead vocals on that, and half the time it's Danny. So just that's part of the resources. I have links to all of that on northernspiritradio.org, a place for you to comment on our program, a place for you to donate to support Northern Spirit Radio, and a list of the radio stations, some 42 across the country that carry Northern Spirit Radio programs. So please check them out and support community radio. It's so wonderful, so vital. I don't know if they actually have that in Nashville where you're located, Carrie. Do they have community radio like we're talking about Ellen Stanley. She does the Women Folk program there. Anyway, community radio is a very special, it's got a wonderful alternative and it lifts up a lot of musicians that the mainstream ignores. So please support them. And let's go on to some more of your music right away, Carrie. I I know that we have places to go because you're always on the run, right? (laughs) Good one. Good one. Well, the next song that I thought might go in line with the first two is called Crying Out, which is definitely, I would say, the saddest song I've ever written. (laughs) And it's one that I'm like an early to bed, early to rise morning person, but I was having trouble sleeping for a, a long stint, like over a year. And it was after my dad died. It was wild. I had never experienced insomnia. And all of a sudden I was thrown into, I mean, I did, I felt like I was a different person, but in that time came a bunch of kind of intense songs. And this was one of them because it was written in the middle of the night. And it was one of those songs that I feel like it wrote me as opposed to me writing it. I mean, I sat down, it was two or three in the morning. I don't remember what time. And it just poured out of me and it was so cathartic. And I remember just like sitting in a heap of tears after writing it. There's such a longing in the song. The song is kind of a letter to myself. There's some references in there that made me think that maybe it was about a woman in abuse who needed to get out of that because you have phrases like you need a heavy hand, a gentle fight, a dog to bite, the unwon fight, a girl that's been thrown and oh, interesting. I was, I was taking it in this other direction, but this is more about your personal grieving. I would say, yeah, that it's more about, that's an interesting perspective on that song. I love that about songs too, that they could be thought of in so many different ways. I would say that it's more of like, as far as like the dog to bite or a heavy hand is would be like, I think at the time I was thinking I need sort of more excitement in my <laughs> In my life, I need more joy and more intensity, like sort of more emotional intensity instead of this emotional disconnect that I was feeling at the time. So I think when I was talking about all of those things, it was just like, come on, show me something, you know. (laughs) So but I understand where where you would draw all of that from, because that's sort of in a literal sense. But this was, I guess, not quite as as literal. Well, we are going to listen to Crying Out. Carrie's just been laughing as we're talking. Just, but, <laughs> but, but get, re- get, ready for, get ready for a phase transition here. We're going to some of the deepest places of pain and sorrow in Carrie Elkin's song, Crying Out. When the lights are off 
need my bed to bend I need a heavy hand I need a book to write I need a gentle fight I need a day gone by And I need the dog to bite But I'm lonely I know it's hard for you I know you know what to do But I know it's hard for you I know you know 
Tears of Healing that Carrie Elkin shares through crying out. Her website, carrieelkin.com, links on nordenspiritradio.org. Crying Out is from her 2017 release, Penny Collector. Her first release was back in 1996, and she had a number of them leading up to, I think that Penny Collector was your sixth album. There's also the album that you released with Danny Schmidt, which I guess counts as seven. And there's other songs that you just released as well. Crying out, by the way, folks, on northernspiritradio.org, you'll find a link to a video of Carrie and Danny performing that together. And I have to say, by the way, Carrie, that it's so sweet to have Danny there. He doesn't try and grab the limelight, even though he's got that his own wonderful voice and character. I think he's mainly there for eye candy purposes. And... <laughs> He does look quite handsome in that video. <laughs> and he does such soft background vocals. I'm amazed at, that, that there's no ego poking through there at all. It's so sweet. Yeah, I agree. So follow the link from NordenSpiritRadio.org to see that video and, and more of Carrie. Let's go on to more music right away. Well, I wrote a lot of songs during quarantine, but the next two that are on our list were two that I actually released during this time. Let's start with Embroidery Stars, I think. That one I think of as being like a little, you know, a little more uplifting, but also having like the classic, uh, <laughs> I joke that the classic Carrie Elkin thing of like, yay, let's do something crafty. And also politics is insane right now. <laughs> That's classic Carrie Elkin, huh? There's like a little yelling about like some random like thing going on in the world. But the song Embroidery Stars came from this, you know, as difficult as everything with COVID has been, there was that part at the beginning when we were just really all in it together and which I call the romance period of COVID where I was mothering my sourdough starter and making kimchi. And I finally got to plant gardens because I had been on the road for the 15 years prior and could never do all of these things that I feel are just a part of my being that I couldn't do because I was on the road. So I was sewing all the time and I was making dyes out of vegetables and dyeing all these fabrics. And I mean, my artist space was so it was like the most beautiful it's ever been. It was amazing. And I was just thankful for all of it. It, it made me slow down, which I'm, I've not ever been good at. It's so hard for me to slow down. And so it was lovely. And then at the same time, there was so much fear. And, you know, the political environment was such a disaster in my opinion. And I just 
like the messages were so mixed and messed up. And we all, those of us that, you know, believed in the science and were listening to the experts were in touch with COVID in such a different way than, you know, our president at the time. And it was just such a mess to me. And I, you know, I felt helpless in it. We were just trying to do our part to keep ourselves safe and everyone else safe, obviously. And, and Maisie, you know, Maisie was three years old at the time. And we were just like, they didn't know anything about how it was affecting kids. And so there, you know, there were all these things happening that I just, my mama bear came out in this very growling way, which shows up in the song is just like, oh, there's like the world is crumbling around us. But also I'm sewing and making sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> so you're both howling at the moon, screaming on the sun <laughs> and indigo dying, right? All of it together. Exactly. <laughs> Let's delve into some more Carrie Elkin with her song, Embroidery Stars. I've been threading the needle I've been sewing my future With embroidery stars I've been framing a structure Trying to give it good meaning I've been looking for space And slow stitching hearts I've been trying to see Something when I'm looking at nothing I've been trying to hear Something when they're saying nothing I've been howling at the moon I've been screaming at the sun And the days are so long And the work's never
go dying I've been threading the needle I've been sewing my future with embroidery stars That's Embroidery Stars by Carrie Elkin as Carrie Elkin sings things like, I've been pounding the beat to protect my family from all the things we cannot see. It's, there's heart, there's anger, there's centeredness, and there's, you know, there's reference to light. You know, we've got to get all of the light, right? And that's a phrase, by the way, that as a Quaker, I particularly relate to. Uh, that's kind of our theological light is a thing. What does all of the light mean to you? Well, you know, I think that it changes with the circumstance for me, but I think, well, does it change with the circumstance? I'm trying to, <laughs> like, does it change with the, with the circumstance? I mean, for me, it's like a spiritual and emotional connection, which I think are two things that go hand in hand. And when we have a, or are in search of a pureness in those realms, that light comes forth. So it's a light from within, for sure. And just, you know, in a general sense, the way we are affected by light, by other people's internal light, and then also by their, it's like my attraction to Taos is because the the light there is so beautiful and it has an effect on sort of the internal light that shines, you know, there's something about it being the land of enchantment. I would say that it is being in touch with and in constant search of and grounded in or search for spiritual groundedness and peace. And actually you say that, you know, bring us peace, bring me peace, and then bring us all of the light we cannot see. So peace and light go together with you. Some people think peace is if you just destroy all your adversaries, then you've got peace, right? You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I don't think that's Carrie Elkin's way of being. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I hope that shines through in my songs, if oh, you will. <laughs> it shines, it shines the heart. And actually, uh, what I really appreciate about your music, Carrie, is the way that it's about personal, it's people day to day, it's here, it's in your relationships. But then that's really your handle on the big thing in the world, peace or politics or whatever. Instead of talking about which candidate's running for office, you talk about peace and light and the relationships and people distant in relationships, you know. So it's a wonderful handle into the big picture. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. I appreciate it. You know, we all have a different way to sort of deal with and process through all of those things. And I appreciate your take on that for sure. Thanks. Let's go on to your last song for Song of the Soul. What do you want to share, Carrie? So I wanted to share a song that I actually officially released just a month and a half ago, I think, or two months ago called We Became Cups. This one came from this place of after two or three weeks of quarantine, which felt like a lifetime, right? It was whatever point it was when we knew it was going to go on for a little while longer than what we had anticipated at the beginning. And I had, was spending a ton of time with Maisie and I and not getting any alone time. And I finally said, I need two hours a day where I go back. I had this little cottage. This is when we lived in Austin full time. And I 
went back to this little cottage that I built with my own two hands. That was a, it's a very special place. And I spent two hours a day there from nine to 11 every day. I would go and write and I didn't talk on the phone or connect with friends. I didn't uh, answer emails. It was all just going and writing. And I started writing songs again, which I'm not very prolific. And so it was exciting for me and I wasn't feeling very much like a songwriter anymore because we were just out on the road so much. And I realized that I needed to just take the time. And it wasn't even that much time, right? Two hours a day. But it turned me into a prolific songwriter during that time. And I realized that when I was paying attention to that part of myself, that need within myself that kept getting put on the back burner because everything else seemed more important, like, you know, cleaning the house or all of the things that I would do instead of sitting down and writing and paying attention to my creative self. Once I started honoring that part of myself, I was happier. I mean, talk about like that internal light. And I felt like I was a better wife and a better mom and a better friend and a better service to the world. And which I think is, you know, ultimately our responsibility in life is to pay attention to those things that bring our light, the light out in us. And when we do that, I mean, you know, we can, (laughs) we, what is that? We can radiate the light of a million suns. Like, let's get on it. Talk about an empowering thing. Like the thought of all of us honoring the parts of ourself that bring us the greatest happiness and connectedness to our emotional beings. That's where this song comes from. It, it became about a potter, but a potter who's who was like paying attention to her love of making pots and how that sort of became like she became one with her pottery and then with her family and was providing for them in all these different ways. Here's an opportunity, folks, to become cups, to become ticks and talks. You'll understand that as we go into we become cups. Carrie, it's wonderful to have you here. I know you have to run off to something very shortly. So I regret that we have to end our conversation. It's been delightful to get to know you. I'm so thankful that Vanessa Lively reintroduced me to you. I'd known your music before because I've had your recording with Danny for keeps. I've had that for years, but I haven't got around to talking to you. And it's about time I did. I'm so thankful I did. And thank you so much for taking your morning sharing time with me. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely. It's so nice to to talk with you and to talk with a Quaker and connected being. Well, the roots are good. And speaking of that, we go into Carrie Elkin's last song. Her website again is carrieelkin.com. This song, We Became Cups, was just released. You can find a connection to it via her website, released just back in August. And We Became Cups is a song. Thank you again so much, Carrie. Thank you. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul, We Became Cups.
became cups, and from them we drank. And time and time went by, and our hands didn't stop. And round and round we go on the wheel of our dreams. We've got nowhere to hide, but be not afraid. Be not afraid. Your hands turn to fire. When the clock chimed at ten, and as the clay spun faster, we fell in love again, and we became the figures of dancers and stars of all. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.